Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt Free Life podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. I'm a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, and I am passionate about teaching you how to live a frugal, debt-free life. I try to keep things very real and honest, and we have a lot of frank money discussions on this podcast because life is messy and it does not always fit inside of a cash envelope. So if you're ready for some non-judgmental money conversations, then you have come to the right place. Today, we're going to be talking about spending triggers, knowing what they are, and some things that you can do to avoid going crazy, going crazy and spending money on things that at the end of the day, you didn't intend to and you don't really enjoy. Because one of the things I love about budgeting, and I say this all the time, is that a budget is a spending plan that gives you freedom to spend money on the things that you want. It doesn't have to be this restrictive, hated mystery of an object. A budget can be freedom for you and freedom to spend in a way that aligns with your wants and your values and your needs. But sometimes things can get out of control. Life can happen and we find ourselves spending money that we did not intend to. And so I wanted to talk about some of your spending triggers, some of the things that listeners have shared with me via my Instagram. I put out a question box on there and I said, you know, what are your triggers? Share them and let's discuss what they are. The number one thing was stress, 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 stress. Life is not always something that we can control, particularly right now, you know, as we're entering into year two of a global pandemic and things feel, I think, more out of control than ever, particularly in my life, that it's easy to look at going out and buying something as a means of control and making ourselves feel better about all the other components of life that we can't control by spending money. And that that can get us into some real financial trouble. So we're going to talk about some things that we can do to manage stress. But first, let's get into some of your answers. So my friend Carly from The Debt-Free Mom, you can follow her on Instagram. She's fantastic. And she has a budgeting program that she offers and she's just wonderful. But she says one of the things that causes her, one of her spending triggers is exhaustion and overstimulation when my schedule feels out of control. Now Carly is like me, a mom of four and like me struggles with getting overstimulated by noise and being touched. And when you're a mom, there's lots of noise and touching. And I have found myself kind of zoning out and disassociating and looking on my phone on Amazon Amazon when I have been overstimulated as well. And one of the things that has helped me is to do some box breathing exercises. And there's a lot that you can Google on this, but this is a stress management tool. And you breathe in for four counts, you hold for four counts, you breathe out for four counts, and then you hold it again. Full disclosure, I don't do the holding at the very, very end because my lungs by that point are like, no girl, no. Um, so what I'll do is breathe in, hold it for four and breathe out for eight. And I'll do this five times. And it really has been hugely helpful for me. 
I'll have to tell you the story one day about my last baby being born, but she ended up being an unexpected C-section. She came early. I had never had a C-section before, and I was getting really worked up, and they were saying before they could do the epidural for the C-section, you have to calm down because your blood pressure is getting to an unsafe level, and I started doing my box breathing and immediately calmed down, and the nurses were like, whoa, what are you doing? So I... I tell you that it can be helpful in situations. Okay, another response I got was the holidays. To rein it in, I budget, stick to a list, and say no to all Christmas decor. There's literally nowhere to put it, so it's an automatic no. And I love this. Preparing for a holiday, a birthday, Mother's Day, a vacation, any of this before it comes up is huge. And I have an episode on holiday spending that you can go back and listen to. But if you know it's coming, setting aside money in advance, doing a little sinking fund where you figure out how much you want to spend, you divide it up by your paychecks and you put so much in every paycheck, it's going to make those holidays, birthdays, and all of those things feel so much easier. Complete Heart Paper Company says, feeling so restricted after a no spend that I need to quote, treat myself. Okay, so this is actually one of the reasons that I do not advocate for no spend months. I think that they can be beneficial, but I also think that if you're not careful after you've done a no spend month or a no spend week, it there's an upswing. Like I've been so good for so long, now I'm going to cut loose. It's why people fail often with no spend weeks. It's why people fail with diets. It's why people fail with all sorts of things because they've been so restrictive. People who do super restrictive budgets where they don't allow themselves some money to just spend on things that they want, those people are statistically at a higher likelihood of failure in their budget. And so not allowing yourself a treat every once in a while setting yourself up for failure. And it that treat may be like a Coke that you pick up at the Circle K on your way home. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, but something to look forward to. And there's actually some science behind that of giving yourself something to look forward to when you're in a season of stress and when you're in a high stress situation actually reduces stress. My emotions, this is what Robin Simple Life said, my emotions, and yes, uh, sometimes we can be emotional spenders. This is a story that I've told before, so a little trigger warning, we're going to talk about miscarriage. In 2018, I had my second miscarriage, and I was standing in church, out, you know, after church in the foyer, and I heard somebody say to someone behind me, when are you due? And the woman said, January 3rd. And that had been my due date. It was very sad. And Jason had to work that afternoon. And I had put my kids in the in the bed for their naps. And I was just real snappy and irritable. And I was sitting on the couch. And I picked up my phone. And I started looking on Amazon. And then I had to kind of trace it back. What, what set me off? Why am I putting things in the cart that I don't even need? Why am I feeling the way that I felt? And I had to trace it back to that that moment in the church foyer, hearing that date and recognize what I was feeling, acknowledge it, honor it, kind of walk through it in my own head and 
find a healthier way to cope. And for me, that was to go outside and walk around my yard, get some vitamin D, get some fresh air, and kind of just break that pattern before it spiraled out of control. Lizzie KDC says, when I need a dopamine fix, I deal with it by adding things to my wish list and not actually buying them, but I'm not perfect. And sometimes I do buy stuff. And I think this is actually a good strategy for breaking yourself of buying things is to put them on a wish list or to put them in your cart and then erase your cart, you know, delete everything out of it. But also think that they're... We can become addicted to that dopamine rush, right? It's why social media is so popular, why people doom scroll. And so we need to find other ways to stimulate our brains. And this is why I think physical movement is so important. Getting outside, taking your shoes off and walking on the grass. (laughs) I sound a little woo-woo, but I promise you, it will make you feel better. And if this is you... If you think, oh, that dopamine fix, you're not the only one who has answered that. That was a very popular answer. Sage Centric 7 says, being bored in the house makes me overspend. Now, I don't struggle with being bored in my house. I want to be in my house all the time. I don't want to leave my house and put on pants. No, thank you. But boredom is a spending trigger. And so finding hobbies, finding things to do to fill that boredom. Maybe it's instead of spending money on stuff you don't need, download an app where you can learn a language or take up something, um, a skill that uses your hands. So drawing, journaling. My husband does wood carving and it's amazing what he can do but something that uses your hands and uses your brain is actually good for your brain there's science behind that but also you won't be bored because you'll be busy ebony the star no ebony with two y's i'm sorry ebony star with two y's being tired and busy schedules i always try to plan to make quote easy meals for those weeks and sometimes i do and other times we give in and order out more than i would have liked to so ebony you didn't ask for advice but i'm going to give it to you and that is to give yourself grace when your schedule is busy and to maybe allow yourself to eat out and it not be something that you feel guilty about because you've budgeted it in And so I have friends at people at YNAB, you need a budget, the app, you need a budget. Um, Those are my friends. And Sarah on YNAB's TikTok page recently did a thing on how to quit overspending on your grocery budget. And she said, you can do things like shop the sales, buy generic brands and meal plan and cook from scratch. And those are great options. But another option is to increase your grocery budget. So if you have wiggle room in your budget to do takeout or something like every plate or a meal subscription service that would take some of that pressure off of you, do it and don't feel shame about it. I like to rely on freezer meals. I will just go ahead and double batch whatever it is I'm making and freeze it. And then once a month, I basically don't have to cook for a week because we eat out of our freezer. But there are weeks when we do eat out a little bit more because there is so much going on or we eat breakfast for dinner because for some reason that just feels easier but don't be so hard on yourself for trying to survive 
Marv Flow 211 says a horrible, really bad day. Yes. And that's all I feel like I can say about that is yes. But I've had bad days where when my husband got home, I have said I need to leave the house. And then I find myself mindlessly walking around Walmart, adding things I don't need into a cart. And then I have to go put them all back because I'm not, I'm not spending all that money. But huh? No, I totally understand. I've hoped that reading all of these has made you feel less alone because we've all been there. At some point, we have all found ourselves in a Target with a cart full of throw pillows and a cardigan sweater because sometimes our emotions and impulses get the better of us when making purchases. And so I have a few questions to ask yourself before you make a purchase. Number one, do I really need this? That's a fair question. Do I really need what I'm buying or do I just think I need it? Is it a want? And what is driving that want? Is it emotional? If it's not a need or something I have wanted for more than six months and I do not have the cash set aside to pay for it, it's absolutely going to go back on the shelf because my... My little squirrel that lives inside my brain is very easily distracted and loves shiny things. So my inner raccoon loves shiny things. Wait, did I start this analogy with squirrel and switch to raccoon? Yeah. So you get what my brain is like. Put it back. Two, do I have something else that will serve the same function? What is that old saying of use it up, use it up, wear it out, make do, do without? Do I have something that I could make do instead of buying this? Do I really need another t-shirt, another cardigan, another coffee mug? No, I already have them. Although I am currently in the market for a rose colored knee length cardigan. So if you see, okay, number three, where am I going to put it? This is a big one for me. I have declared war on clutter in my house. I took three bags of stuff to the thrift store today. So before I purchase something, I have started to ask, where will I put it? And now when I bring something into my house, it usually means that something else is leaving, particularly when it comes to kids' items or decor. The only rule that doesn't is books because I'm hoarding them because reading books and buying books are two different hobbies. Number four, can I get it for a better price elsewhere? I have gotten in the habit of looking either on Amazon or Craigslist before making a purchase or looking on Facebook Marketplace or at the thrift store. Uh, A few years ago, I bought one of my kids a booster seat. I had found one on Amazon um, and then I went to a Facebook group and found one for like 10 bucks and the girl met me in the Walmart parking lot and the rest is history and we still have that booster and it's been great. But can I get it for a better price elsewhere? And bonus points if you get it thrifted because it's better for the planet. Someone else is usually getting benefiting from that situation. So there you go. Okay, I would love to know what are some of your spending triggers? How do you handle them? Let's have a conversation. You can interact with me on Instagram. I'm Lydia Sin. On YouTube, I'm Lydia Sin. I also have a blog, frugaldebtfreelife.com, and a newsletter which is free and it's awesome. Okay. It's mediocre at best, but sign up and we can keep in touch. Also, I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for everyone who has left 
a review of this podcast on iTunes or Spotify. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. If you have not, and you would like to, I would love for you to swipe over the artwork where you're listening. And that should give you the opportunity to leave a review. Thank you. I really want more people to find this and to understand that they're not alone in their struggles. All right. Thank you for being here. And I will talk to you soon.